think we've got a problem. The planet killer has stopped feeding, and now it's moving. What's its heading? It's, um, it's on an intercept course with us. Ray Shields! Evasive maneuvers! Hold on it, Dove. Give me, Mathis. We still have the impulse engines. More or less. Focus on the warp drive. Shields down to 42%. We can't take another hit like that, Captain. That's obvious, Mr. Pike. New course. 7-4, Mark 861. Engage. Captain, that course takes us directly towards the Stellar Remnant. I know. Carry out my order, Liam. Aye, Gov. Engaging your course. The Planet Killer is in pursuit. No surprises there. Captain, I hate to be that guy and all, but won't all that stellar radiation kind of hook everyone on board? I'm hoping the heavy radiation and debris might buy us enough time to get the warp engines back online. Uh, let's say it doesn't. What happens to us then? Then we're all as good as dead, Zog. Eric Busby presents Star Trek The Section 31 Files Episode 8 A Road with No Exit Shields down to 22% Return fire, all weapons. Returning fire. Only minimum damage to the lead ship's shields. Continuing to fire. Captain, engineering reports we have a coolant link in the antimatter containment. They have it under control for now, but if this keeps up, we're gonna lose it. Tell them to stay on top of it. Make it a priority. Aye, sir. Ah! I'm sorry, Daniel. He's dead. I'll take the helm. Maintain evasive maneuvers, Commander. Aye, sir. If we don't get out of this soon, we'll all be dead. Daniel, you have to give me to Mark. He'll let you go once they have me. That's not happening. Captain, this ship is an amazing vessel, but even it can't stand up to a full battalion of warbirds. Please, Daniel, don't let your crew die because of me. Korg, if I do this... No. There has to be another way. Captain, sensors are picking up another vessel. It's a starship. Who is it? Uh, Captain, it, it, it seems to be, well, us. 
It's the USS Intrepid. What? How's that even possible? They've engaged the Klingons. Four are now disabled. They were taken by surprise. Captain, something is beaming through our shield. But that's impossible. Well, not if you know the right frequency. Then you can pass right through them. Helm, set course 151. Mark 330. Engage at full warp. Hey, I give the orders around here. Captain Hunter, right now the ship I came from has cut a gap in the Klingon forces. But you have to take advantage of it now, or they'll surround you again in moments. Commander Pitkin, you heard the man. Aye, sir. Going to full warp. What's happening to the other Intrepid? They went to high warp before I lost them, sir. However, the Klingons are only in pursuit of us. Because they believe this is the ship Korg's on. Alright, Mac. You wanna tell me what the hell's going on here? Uh... Yeah. Look. This is gonna get a little complicated. It's already complicated. There are two of you on my ship right now. <laughs> oh, believe me. Being here twice over is just the icing on the cake. We should talk in your conference room so I can try to explain everything. Very well. Staff meeting in ten minutes. And you're gonna want to spring the other me and my crewmates as well. They have a part to play in what's coming up. I must admit, this is proving quite interesting. You don't know the half of it yet. Bon, give me that Hydra spanner, now. Here you go, Chief. I swear that woman has no respect for my ship. Just go and pick a fight with a super weapon, why don't you? I'm sure everything will be just fine. Oh, oh in the name of the Great Khan. Really? Oh, just go ahead, Sparky. Spark at me one more time. Warning. That action is not recommended. It can lead to core failure resulting in... What? The ship blowing up? Please, tell me something I don't know. In the last six months, you've made 18 adjustments to the world core that violate Starfleet recommended standards. I was being facetious, computer. That much is obvious. <sighs> Whatever possessed me to give you a personality subroutine? I believe your exact quote was, I'm bored. Let's see what this does. Smart ass. Right, this isn't working. It's taking too long to fire the core back up, and we're gonna have to try something else. What have you got in mind, Chief? Well, <sighs> seems I'm going to pop the dilithium chamber open and align everything by hand, so. But it hasn't had time to cool down yet. Opening it will give us a really bad case of radiation poisoning, putting us on high Ronalyn treatment for at least a month. Yeah, I know. But it's the only thing my superior intellect can come up with in the time we have. Oh, there has to be another way, Chief. <laughs> hey, just because I have a genetically enhanced mind doesn't mean that I am not open to other ideas. I mean, sure, we're being chased by a monster weapon that tears whole planets up. But 
You probably have time for a nice spot of tea while, while you come up with some better idea. Fine. What's a little radiation sickness between friends? Good. Now hand me that sonic screwdriver. We have work to do. Hunter sprung us from the brig. Took him long enough. Thought for sure we were going to die in there the way the ship was being tossed about. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not enjoying the ride? On behalf of the captain, please accept our humblest apologies. And just who the hell are you anyways? Oh, did I forget to introduce myself? How short-sighted of me. I'm the first officer. My friends call me Lynn. Well, Lynn... I didn't say we were friends. Now did I, Mac? You have a problem with me, Commander? My brother was killed during the Divine Celestial Imperium invasion of Trenzalore. So, yeah, I might have some issues with you. Hey, look, that wasn't me. That was the Destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> so I keep hearing. Well, you know what? Forgive me if I have my doubts. You really know how to make friends, don't you, Commander? Ah, just part of my natural Novacron charm. Remind me to tell you about the terrible Zodan sometime. Now she had issues with me. I have to admit being curious. Why does Captain Hunter want us to attend his staff meeting? We're not part of his crew. You'll find out. Oh, you should prepare yourselves. This gets a little... (laughs) strange. You want to define that? You know what? I could, but, uh... (laughs) I'm just afraid it's a little complicated, Commander. I hate when people say that. Nothing good ever comes out of people saying it's complicated. It's always something no one is expecting, and it is always bad. Ah! I see what you mean. You're right, Jasper. I was not expecting this. Let's get this part over with, shall we? We've got a lot to cover. Agreed. Both Sarah Katrin. Sharik. What the hell was that all about? I'm just ensuring he is who he seems to be. And is he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. You know there are rules against this, right? Novacron Temporal Accord 7, Paragraph 5. Due to the effects of the Time War in Universe 11231963, it is hereby a violation to move in time and encounter yourself in the past or future due to the stress this places on fixed histories of the multiverse. So yeah, I'm quite aware of it. Let's just say we're... Bending that law a little. Obviously, we're dealing with a temporal incursion. Hey, you got it in one. Ten points for Captain Hunter. Just tell me what's going to happen with you, Mac. In a short time, the Intrepid is going to be thrown back in time. Just how far back in time are we looking at here? Stardate 1210.4. That's the mid-23rd century. 
over 150 years ago. During the war between the Klingon and the Federation. Exactly. We turn up a few weeks after the Battle of the Binary Stars. I see. For the moment, I'm more concerned with Klingons following us. What happens with them? We lose them when we go back in time. So they don't follow us? Any idea what happens to them? None. I just know they don't go back with us. What happens after, I have no idea. Curious. You have yet to tell us what causes us to go back in time. Well, my good doctor, you're about to find out. In three, two, one. Captain, long-range sensors have picked up a gravitational anomaly close to our present course. Seems to be a rogue black star. So let me take a shot at this. We use the black star's gravity to slingshot into a time warp. Hey, two for two. I can see why they made you a captain. Knock it off, Commander. Fine. We go back in time. So how do we get back? Use another star to sling ourselves back? Uh, well... No. We're going to sustain a lot of damage going into the past. Far more than the Klingons have already done. When we arrive back in the 23rd century, the ship's crippled. We spend over three years just making repairs. Three years? Hey, it's not like we can dock at a starbase, now is it, Captain? We're not from that time. Hell, the Federation of that time hasn't even invented the equipment we need to repair the ship. Okay, so we're stuck in the past while Intrepid's repaired. But obviously, we get back to the present. We get back to the present the long way around. We return to our era through the natural progression of time. You're saying we spend over 150 years getting back to present? Yes, Captain Hunter. That's exactly what I'm saying. No. No, I refuse that. There has to be a way around this. We can change course and not go back. Then from that standpoint, the future Intrepid would never arrive to aid us escaping the Klingons. And we'd all be killed. This is getting better by the minute. I know this is not easy for anyone to accept. But from where I'm standing, this has already happened. It's established time. We're on a road that has no exits. You know something? I really hate time travel. your liaison with Section 31 Command, I must insist you take a different course of action. Insist, Mr. Pike. I feel I must remind you that you are just a guest aboard my ship. Furthermore, we are not really part of your universe, Section 31. We are simply aiding you while we search for a way home to our own universe. You agree to take on the task for this universe, Section 31, as I recall. After all, we are the ones who helped in repairing your ship. It was badly damaged, as I recall. I should also like to point out that a number of your current crew are members of this universe, not yours. Anytime Section 31 wants to pull its support from us, they are free to do so. Then how will you continue to resupply your ship, 
let alone find a means to return to your own universe. Without our aid, your ship would be dead in space within four months. Don't count us out yet, Mr. Pike. Hmm. Well, this is rather interesting. I bet they wind up sleeping together before this is all said and done. Oh, I'm sorry. You're on duty and can't speak to me. If you did, everyone would see you're talking to thin air and believe you've gone mad. If it helps, I can also hear your thoughts. What do you want? What makes you think I want anything? Maybe I dropped in to see how my dear friend Knight is doing. We're not friends. How you wound me, child! Truth be told, I came to help you. Help me? Indeed. You see, oh, I have encountered weapons like this from time to time. You lie. If the Borg did, I would know of it. Not if I didn't want you to remember it. What do you mean? As I said, there have been other weapons like this. They're creatures from beyond our galaxy, far out in the interstellar void. In their own ways, they were gods. They could in time and space to their will. They could even live forever, barring accidents. But then they encountered us. The creatures feared there would come a time when we would assimilate them. Bring their technology into the collective. To keep that from happening, they built weapons like this and unleashed them upon the galaxy. Over the millennia, they have destroyed many worlds, killed billions of drones. Each encounter has taken much of our resources to stop even one. Then why did you remove the memories of them? I have my reasons. Perhaps I will share them with you in time. Can you stop this one? Hmm. No. I'm afraid this is going to fall on your shoulders. Fear not, there is a way to stop it, but it will prove quite a challenge. Here is what you'll have to do. Nat, is something wrong? No. No, Commander Pike. I'm... I'm fine. Captain, I think... I think I know of a way to stop the planet killer, but it's not going to be easy. Stations, everyone. Mr. Jasper, I'm to take it you're a pilot? I'm the best in Starfleet. It's been my experience that a lot of pilots say that. In my case, it's true. I made the Kessel Run in four parsecs. Please don't start with that again. Hey, I'm speaking the truth here. Fine. 
Whatever. Please take the helm if you'd be so kind. Aye, Captain. Alright. You're gonna need to follow these coordinates exactly. Any deviation- And bad things happen. Yeah, I, I got that. Mellow out, Commander. You're in safe hands. Hey, what does this button do? Right, let's not touch that again anytime soon. Captain, the lead Klingon ship is hailing us. On screen. Cork, you're an even greater fool than I first thought. You think diving into a black star will make us give you up? Mark, listen to me. You need to break off your pursuit, or your ships will be destroyed. Never. I would sacrifice a hundred, a thousand ships if it meant the end of your kind. Your time is done, Korg. This is the dawn of a new era for the Klingon Empire. They've cut off communications. Your friend seems very stubborn, Korg. That's Klingons, Klingons for ya. Jinx! You owe me a Romulan ale. Whatever. Captain, we've started entering the star's gravity well. Our speed is starting to increase. Have you laid in our course to the 23rd century? Yes, sir. Course is laid in. Just waiting on your word. Well, here we go. Hold on tight, people. The ride's about to get bumpy. Mr. Jasper, engage. You've been listening to Star Trek, The Section 31 Files, written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were Risa M. as Captain Delona, Am D. Mangels as Commander Pike, Pete Lutz as Ensign Liam, Mark Kalita as Commander Mac and Future Mac, Ellie Hirschman as Zahn, Carl Puder as Kor, Judah Freeze as the Emergency Science Hologram, Lex Zorn as Dr. Saket, Bernadette M. Groves as Chief Engineer Mathis. Belina Cutler as Knight. Brian Linz as Ensign Jasper. Kelly Linz as Engineer Laban. Mark Olson as Engineer Salt. Amanda Brandt as the Intrepid's First Officer and the Borg Queen. Warren Onufer as General Mock. Nick Cook as Captain Hunter. Lars Desenza as the Helm Officer. Keith Martin as the Security Chief and Tracy Williams Babione as the ship's computer. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Eric Busby. Script edited by Ellie Hirschman. Sound designed by Eric Busby. Star Trek The Section 31 Files is based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. bothering you. You are. Pardon? Bothering me. You are. Don't stand there. Can't you see that's a flower bed? Oh, sorry, I didn't... For the love of Valen, watch where you're stepping. 
I'm sorry. I didn't know. I've had to replant this bed twice in the last week. My wife keeps this centauri rabbit as a pet. Damn thing loves eating flowers. Look, who the hell are you? Why are you here? Oh, uh, my name is Kelly. Kelly Byrne. I'm with Interstellar Network News. Ah, a reporter. Yes. I was wondering if I could talk with you for a bit. About what? This week marks the 20th anniversary of the formation of the Interstellar Alliance. Spiffy. What's it got to do with me? Well, everyone is making a big deal about how it was founded. What led up to it, who the key players were, and so on. I thought it might be interesting to do a story about others who were involved. But, you know, not as well known. Let me save you the time, then. I wasn't really all that involved. No, but Captain Drake was. You were his first officer. You were with him during the Shadow War. Your ship was part of Sheridan's fleet that took down the Clark's regime. As I understand it, without Captain Drake and the Nimrod, there is every chance Sheridan would never have been able to free Earth. You're referring to it, aren't you? The world killer. Not a lot is known about it, just what it cost Drake to stop it. That's why I wanted to talk to you. You know, get a first-hand account from someone who was there, who saw and experienced it from a different light. (sighs) Look, all of this was a long time ago. A lifetime ago. I've moved on. I'm retired. All I want is to be left in peace. Well, if that's how you feel, sorry to have bothered you. Stop. Fine, fine. Let's talk, but not here. Come inside. I've got some tea from Mimbari. You can have some. I've never had Mimbari tea. Any good? It's something of an acquired taste. You could say it's something I picked up thanks to a ranger friend from back on the Nimrod. Eric Busby presents Babylon 5, Odyssey of the Nimrod, Part 1, written by Eric Busby. you were expecting? No, not at all. That tastes like... like... Old carbon left to bake in the sun. Yeah, yeah, I know. Funny thing, though. After you drink enough of it, you start to like it. Well, I think I'll give it a pass. Your loss. I've been reading your service record. You've had a... Colourful career. Is that a nice way of saying I was a major problem from time to time? Mm, Something like that. 
I'm surprised to see you were on the line at the end of the Mimbari War. I wasn't even out of the Academy. And someone shoved me in a Star Fury. I could barely fly the damn thing. But you made it through. Dumb luck more than anything. If the Minbari had not surrendered when they did, well, now we'd be having this little chat. After that, you served on a number of Earth Force vessels, working your way up and down the ranks. <laughs> I've had a colorful career. Made a few mistakes here and there. Yet despite that, somehow you became an officer on the Nimrod. That was because of Drake, not me. To say the least, he pulled a few strings here and there. What did Captain Drake do that for? We fought together during the war. Became friends. I'd never have made officer without him. Now this is where things get a little fuzzy. You weren't his first officer until after... After the incident of Babylon 5. You have to understand how things led up to that. President Santiago had been killed on New Year's Day of 2259. Yes, and Morgan Clark was sworn into power just after. Yes. For the next year, Clark was slowly putting his people into key positions of power. Wasn't that around the time he created Nightwatch? Yeah, his own paramilitary organization. Loyal only to him. Problem was, a number of Earth Force officers had joined Nightwatch. One of them was the Nimrod first officer. I remember Clark going on about how Earth was in danger of being overrun by extraterrestrial races. <laughs> he was really doing his best to make it look like we were under threat. That's around when Clark declared martial law, started putting Nightwatch officers in control of the military. Yep. In the summer of 2260, well, it all kind of hit the fan, didn't it? Captain Drake's personal log, April the 7th, 2260. This morning, as I went over the news feed from Earth, I remembered an old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Since President Clark has come to power, well, we have nothing but interesting times. The recent declared martial law and the dissolutions of the Senate is quite alarming, to say the least. I find it ironic that all of this began just as someone found a connection between President Clark and the death of President Santiago. All the same, I'm no politician. Closer to home, I'm starting to have an issue with my first officer, Commander Luther Kane. Kane has taken it upon himself to test the loyalty of the Nimrod's crew against possible aliens. Am I really expected to tolerate this, Captain? Am I? John, I... Mr. Kane came into my office this morning and demanded all the boys wear these. These damn Nightwatch armbands. They had to be open to investigation of any past action in regard to possible traitorous acts against the EarthGov. Anyone who was declined was summarily relieved of duty and locked in the brig. I didn't know he'd gone that far. <sighs> Captain, I know this last week has been... 
Well, to say the least, crazy, after that alien ship popped up near Jupiter. I understand people's concerns of a possible invasion, but Commander Kane is going too far with these loyalty tests. Speak of the devil. Sorry to disturb you, Captain, but we've... Oh. I didn't know you were here, Chief. I've got people out looking for you. You don't say, sir. I think you need to go down to security. They have a few questions for you. Something about your involvement in the Mars riots a few years ago. It's probably nothing, but it's good to get these things sorted out, eh? I have important business to discuss with the captain. You're dismissed. Wait just I one... I said, you're dismissed. Yes, sir. That was uncalled for, Commander. Chief Davis and I were discussing his... concerns with your visit to security this morning. If anyone was going to dismiss him, it is me. Understood, Commander? I'm sorry if I overstepped my bounds, sir. It's just we've received important orders from the President himself. Go on. We're to set course for Babylon 5 immediately. Babylon 5? That's Sheridan's command. Yes, sir. We're to assist other ships in taking control of the station, arrest the command staff, and place the station under the command of the Night Watch. Want to run that by me again? Evidence has been found that Sheridan has conducted a seditious act along with General Haig against Earthguard. Sedition? Commander, John Sheridan is no traitor to Earth. There has to be some mistake. I'm afraid not. The Night Watch's evidence is very clear. Night Watch, huh? Well, it's clear something is going on. Set course for Babylon 5, Commander. We can at least see what's going on. At once, sir. You've been listening to Babylon 5, Odyssey of the Nimrod. Featured in the cast were... Justin Fife as Jake. Julia Eve as Kelly. Mark Olson as John. Kareem C. Cronfley as Kane and Mark Kalita as Captain Drake. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Eric Busby. Script edited by Kareem C. Cronfley and sound designed by Eric Busby. Babylon 5 Odyssey of the Nimrod is based upon Babylon 5 created by J. Michael Swazinski.